Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. Well, I'm so excited to have my friend David King back for the fourth time on Sound of Truth. He's already joined us for two weekly interviews. In the first one, he shared his testimony. That was episode number 203. In the second weekly interview, we started talking about this topic that I consider David an expert in, and that is how do you encounter Jesus Christ in the Old Testament? David is the author of the book. Now, this book is directed toward pastors, so just recognize that. The title, I love the title, Your Old Testament Sermon Needs to Get Saved. And in that book, he shares with pastors how to preach Christ from the Old Testament. But anybody who's wanting to read the scriptures and encounter Christ in the Old Testament, David has wisdom for us on how to do that. And so in that episode, he kicked off that topic and shared with us two of the ways you do that. And then in episode 205, he came on one of our Bible chat episodes and actually helped us discover Christ in the book of Jeremiah, specifically chapter 31 with the new covenant there. So, But David, welcome back to Sound of Truth podcast. Yeah, it's great to be back, Brett. David, for our listeners, perhaps who did not get a chance to hear episode 204 yet, which we introduced this topic of how to encounter Christ in the Old Testament, would you go ahead and share the first two ways we can encounter Christ in the Old Testament? A little summary. Yeah, this will just be a real quick summary, but one way that we see Jesus in the Old Testament is through the promises, the redemptive promises that God makes. Sometimes these are called prophetic promises, sometimes they're called messianic promises. You know, one example of that would be the suffering servant in Isaiah 53. We read a passage about Jesus being despised and rejected and pierced for our transgressions, and we understand this is pointing to the Messiah, to the Christ. And I said said Jesus' name already, like we knew it was there, but it's when we read it first that our eyes are lifted up and we begin to see the cross and resurrection and the person who hung there and came out of the grave. You know, his name was Jesus. So prophetic promises are all of the Old Testament. And I think most Christians will begin to see that as they read the Old Testament for themselves. Another way to see Jesus in the Old Testament we talked about was through shadow. You know, you've seen your shadow before. It's not very detailed or clear, but you get the shape of the person. Well, God has shadows in the Old Testament that are the shape of Jesus Christ to come. And we see those shadows in certain key people in the Old Testament, like Moses or David or Melchizedek. We see those shadows in certain institutions of the Old Testament, like the temple. We understand that Jesus is going to fulfill all that the temple foreshadowed. And we see those shadows in events of the Old Testament, like offering of sacrifices and so forth. You know, Jesus is going to be the fulfillment of what those sacrifices foreshadowed. And so it's through the shadows of the Old Testament that we begin to see the shape of the Savior to come. And of course, Jesus is the substance of those shadows. He's the fulfillment of all of them. Wonderful. All right. Let's devote the rest of our time to these other four ways in which we encounter Christ in the Old Testament. Yeah. So another way that we see Jesus in the Old Testament is the way that I've missed for so many years because it was just sitting right there in plain sight. And it's what I've come to call instruction. Now, there's all kinds of instruction that God gives his people in the Old Testament. We see that in the law. We see that especially in the wisdom writings, like Proverbs. God is instructing his people how to live. 
And the thing that I missed for years was that Jesus fulfilled all of that. Mm. When we read those Old Testament laws, this is the law that Jesus lived by and obeyed and shaped his own life after. He is the lawkeeper. And when we read those wisdom sayings, like in Proverbs, for example, you know, Jesus embodied that wisdom. He is the wise man. Mm-hmm. And so that's just one of the things that's hiding right there in plain sight, so to speak. And mm-hmm. I missed it for years. But once I made that connection, which I hope you know, every Christian could make, it begins to bring us closer to the person of Jesus himself. Like as you're reading those laws and you're just wondering, how does this apply to me? Or what did this mean for Israel? You know, don't forget, this was what Jesus read for himself, believed, and obeyed. He fashioned his whole life after the law and wisdom that we see in the Old Testament. If you want to get close to Jesus, like what shaped his mind, what shaped the way that he perceived the world around him, what influenced the way he taught, you can read the law and wisdom. It's like, here's Jesus. This is what he did. Perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah, with no sin. <laughs> so in baseball terms, he batted a thousand. Yes, he did. He always did exactly yeah. what he was supposed to do when he was supposed to do it. With the right motive. I mean you really start thinking about all that that entails and how far short we fall of it. Oh, it's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. I, I, I think that'll be an eye opener for a lot of our listeners that maybe have never heard that before. Yeah, just to put a little bit more flesh on these bones, like for example, in the Ten Commandments, here's a law, you shall not commit adultery. Well, that's not just something that was for Israel or for us today. That was for Jesus. You know, Jesus actually lived by that himself. That command shaped his own purity. And then we know that it impacted the way he taught. You know, I think of the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus talks about what adultery really means. And of course, he pushes it down, not just from the external, but the internal. He goes for our hearts. And that comes right out of the law and his own law keeping. Mm-hmm. And just another example that's been helpful to me to kind of make this point. Uh, there's that verse that a lot of Christians are familiar with. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. You shall not wear a cloth of wool and linen mixed together. Mm-hmm. Like, what do- <laughs> What do we do with that today? Well, there's not really much for us to do with that today because we're no longer under the old covenant. But Jesus followed that law. (laughs) We never would have seen Jesus plowing with two kinds of animals, different kinds of animals together. You never would have seen Jesus wearing mixed cloth. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, because he was keeping the law. He was fulfilling the law that God gave his people. And this is just one of those obvious ways that I missed for years, but now I can't help but see it. I hope every Christian would be able to see Jesus more clearly as they read the law and wisdom in the Old Testament. Wow, that's good. Okay, what number are we on now? We're on number four. This is what I call fallenness, and I think maybe every Christian will be very familiar with what I'm about to say. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, but we see examples of fallenness all through the Old Testament. You know, from Genesis chapter 3, where Adam and Eve eat the forbidden fruit, through every other page of the Old Testament, there are examples of fallen humanity. It's really kind of shocking what all we read in the Old Testament that depicts fallenness. There's all sorts of sin and suffering all throughout the Old Testament. Jealousy, murder, drunkenness, deceit, incest, famine, adultery, idolatry. There's all kinds of unfaithfulness 
And everywhere we see examples of fallenness in the Old Testament, we're seeing our need for a Savior. And Jesus, when he would have read the Old Testament scriptures or heard the Old Testament scriptures in the synagogue, he's hearing these examples of human fallenness. He would have felt the burden of his mission. Like, this is why I came into the world, because the world is broken, and I am here to heal, and I am here to forgive, I'm here to restore. And I think this is just a really easy way for us to reflect on who Jesus is as we're reading the Old Testament. You know, every instance of fallenness that we come across in the scriptures, this is our need for Jesus. This is why Jesus came into the world. And praise God that he came. So even as I encounter my own brokenness and read of the brokenness of humanity through history in the Old Testament, it causes me to think toward Jesus. I need a Savior. That Savior has been provided in Christ. Yes, exactly. Seems pretty simple as we're talking about it, but these are connections that we need to think about a little bit. And once we make those connections between what we're reading in the Old Testament and Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, it's like, oh, okay, now the Old Testament is making more sense to me as Christian scripture. Excellent. Number five. Number five is story. And I love talking about this one because God is a storyteller. God is telling a big story. I know you're probably familiar with this. You know, the big story of the Bible, creation, fall, redemption, new creation. Mm -hmm. God is telling this huge story of redemption. And we need to think in terms of story because God's the storyteller. And here's the connection to Jesus. Now, all the Old Testament stories are the backstory to that big story. You know, they all connect to the coming of the Christ into the world. And so instead of just reading the Old Testament stories and trying to find like a moral principle for the day, which that's not a bad thing as long as we understand it in light of the gospel, but instead of just mining the Old Testament stories for life principles, we need to reflect on what would have happened had the story played out and God not intervened in some way, uh, what would have happened in Jesus's future, would Jesus have not come into the world if this story had gone wrong? Mm. Uh, would Jesus have had his mission altered in some way? Had this story been different? You know, it's all the backstory to Jesus coming into the world. You could pick any story right now, and we could figure out like how did that pour into you know Jesus's future. But you know, one that I I like to use as an example is the book of Esther. You know, not only is Jesus' name not mentioned in Esther or anywhere else in the Old Testament, but, you know, God's not even mentioned in the book of Esther. It's funny you say that. That That was exactly the, if you were going to offer me the the choice, I was going to say, oh, this case, the story of Esther. No kidding. Oh, that's awesome. Well, here's the thing. Who is Haman and what is he up to in the story of Esther? I'm not saying this is the main point of the book, but this is relevant to understanding the connection to Jesus. Uh You know, Haman is on a mission to eradicate the Jewish people. So what's going to happen to all of God's promises if Haman is successful? Yeah, they'll perish with the Jews. Yeah, they will perish with the Jews and God will be a liar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when you read Esther in terms of the big story, oh my goodness, God has made all these redemptive promises. He's got a covenant people for himself through whom the Savior is going to eventually come into the world. And now here's this guy who wants to wipe out the Jews. But now the story has the, the proper weight to it. You know, this isn't just a story about you know, Esther showing courage. 
oh my goodness, she did show courage. And, and that's relevant for us to think about. But this is a story about whether God's promises are going to be fulfilled or not. You know, all of his promises are threatened in the story of Esther. And so it's really awesome to see how God intervenes through the courageous faith of Esther so that Jesus can come into the world. You know, Jesus wouldn't be here mm, if mm-hmm. the story of Esther had played out in a different way. And, you know, all the stories of the Old Testament are relevant to Christ in that kind of way. They're all forming the backstory to Jesus coming into the world in fulfillment of God's redemptive promises. Okay, excellent. All right, now we move on to the sixth and final way in which we can encounter Christ in the Old Testament. Yeah, I call this theme. Now, there's all kinds of themes in the Old Testament. Themes like holiness or sin or righteousness, faith, justice, wrath, mercy, love, curse, blessing, on and on we could go. You know, almost every passage that we read in the Old Testament is going to have some sort of theological theme to it. And we just need to trace those themes all the way to the person of Jesus, because there's no way that they're going to make sense in our lives today apart from Jesus. You know, nothing in the Old Testament has relevance to us apart from Jesus. And themes are included in that. You know, one example I would give would be the theme of forgiveness. You're going to see the theme of forgiveness all throughout the Old Testament, but in particular, you see it in the Psalms. There's that passage that I absolutely love in Psalm 103, where it says, God doesn't deal with us according to our sin, Mm -hmm. or repay us according to our iniquities. You know, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. I would just simply ask a Christian, how is that true for you today? apart from Jesus? And the answer is, it's not. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That we have no way to understand the fullness of God's forgiveness, the reality even of his forgiveness, apart from its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. You know, we see Jesus coming into the world, paying the price for our sins, bearing the wrath of God that we deserve for our sins on the cross and rising from the dead. And it's now through Jesus, that we receive this forgiveness. You know, it's only in Christ, through faith in Him, that this psalm is true for us today. It's in Christ that my sins have been removed from me as far as the East is from the West. To praise God for Jesus and all the themes of Scripture are like that. We have to understand them in light of their fulfillment in the person and work of Jesus. And once we see that connection, now they make sense for our lives. It makes sense of what God is doing in the world around us. This has been a wonderful discussion, David. I really appreciate it. In our remaining moments here, I, I do want to ask you, what what are maybe some ways uh, our listeners could put this in a very simple form, almost like a, I'm thinking like a bookmark or something, where they could put in their Old Testament for when they're reading, if they do a portion of the Old Testament every day, if they had a bookmark or something that would say, here are the six ways, and then just brief explanations or questions. Is there something in this passage that, is there a theme in this passage that points me to Jesus? Is there a shadow of Christ in this passage? Do you know of any resource like that, or is it just something someone, I guess, could design? Or You know, that is a great question. It makes me want to design something. Obviously, I wrote a book about this for pastors, and there's graphics in the book, but that really wouldn't help You know, people who aren't preaching. Yeah, we need a little resource. I've got a little booklet coming out with Crossway 
that goes through all of these six things. And that might be helpful for people to pick up. But I'm going to think about a bookmark. I think that would be a really useful resource to give people. Oh, you know, what I would do on my yeah, what I would do on my own bread is I would write those six words promise, shadow, instruction, fallenness, stories, and theme. I'd write those six words on a bookmark and I would probably just ask one key question with each of those words. And that would be a great thing for people to hold in their old testament. Just as they're reading, mm-hmm. they can kind of skim through those six things. That's what I do when I'm getting ready for to preach a sermon from the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking in terms of these six categories because I want to make those connections to Christ before I start to make application for my life. And the same is true for our Bible reading. Well, David, this has been great. Enjoyed your testimony, and, and then these previous weekly interviews have been just fantastic hearing your instruction on how to encounter Christ in the Old Testament. If, if someone's like, you know what, I'm not a preacher, but I'd love to get that book or my pastor needs this book. I think he could preach more of Jesus from the Old Testament. And so where can they find your book? How could they How could they get it? Yeah, your Old Testament sermon needs to get saved. is on Amazon. I've heard it's in certain bookstores, but Amazon is probably the best place to get that. Moody Publishers, I'm sure, has it on their site as well. Um, I just mentioned the little booklet that's coming out from Crossway, and I think the title that they put on that booklet is, Does the Old Testament Really Point to Jesus? Okay. And that little booklet is not for pastors. I pitched that just for Christians who are sitting in the pew, and they love the Lord, and they want to know how to see Jesus as they read their Old Testament. That would be a great resource to pick up, too. That's supposed to come out in the next couple of months. Okay, wonderful. And that'll be with Crossway. Uh, have you ever thought about the fact that your name, David King, is just great for this topic? <laughs> you know, I've never thought about that. But, Think uh, about this. David yeah. is a king who <laughs> was a shadow of Christ the King. I mean, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Well, David King, it's been great to have you on here, brother, and appreciate you. And maybe someday we'll have you on to talk about something else. And in the meantime, God bless you and, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing what God continues to do in your life. Thank you for your service to the kingdom and for, for sharing your time with us, sir. Thanks so much, Brad. I appreciate it. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.